Hello, you wonderful woman. Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, one of the UK's most successful love coaches, according to the Times Magazine, and author of the book, Love is Coming. It's my mission through this podcast to help single women, specifically female leaders, get powerful, soul-expanding relationships that revolutionize your growth, impact, and happiness during your time on planet Earth. Let's get straight to it. Hey loves, welcome back. I'm very excited today to have the gorgeous Emma Mumford, aka the Spiritual Queen, on the podcast today. So Emma is an award-winning life coach, a two-time best-selling author, and she also has a new book out coming soon. She's a speaker, she's a law of attraction YouTuber, and also podcast host of the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes called The Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. That's a lot of accolades. Welcome to the show, Emma. Thank you, Persia. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thanks. It's wonderful to have you here. So as I mentioned just before we hit record, I was doing some delving as I was preparing for this episode, and I found out some super interesting things about your career, or should I say your former career and how you got into the work you do now um, that was on your website. So Could you please share a little bit about your journey from using couponing, which I didn't even know was a thing, by the way. You might have to share what that is as well. So your journey from using couponing after your ex left you with his 7K debt to where you are today in your career and, you know, looking at your spiritual awakening in there as well. Yeah, definitely. So it was interesting because you said that obviously like this podcast would be more relationship focused, which I'm not usually used to speaking about on podcasts really, because it's mainly like law of attraction, manifestation. But it's ironic because my relationships literally have been the very reason why I do the work I do today. Mm -hmm. My biggest inner work, my biggest life lessons. So I'm a life path 33 in numerology, which is unconditional love. So essentially 33s are here to embody and learn unconditional love. So they will be tested time and time again with all things unconditional love, not just relationships or romantic relationships until they embody that. So uh, yeah, relationships have been pretty potent in my journey and in my life but yeah uh, moving backwards to 2012 is when the kind of journey started as such so at that point I was a banking manager working in a UK bank I hated it it was a job that I just kind of fell into it wasn't something I aspired to be or wanted to be particularly it just happened so in that career role I was obviously putting people in debt every single day I was targeted on it I had sales targets to put people in debt give them credit cards loans and it was awful because that's I was good at sales but that's not who I was I didn't want to push such negative things onto people um and unfortunately that was my job that was my sales that I was marked upon every single month so mixed with a not so great relationship at home as well um I knew he had debt because bailiffs started turning up at the door which I had no idea about beforehand and it was incredibly scary as a 18 year old at that time having bailiffs knocking at your door I didn't know how to handle it no one kind of teaches you that in life or in school as such so with my logical Virgo head I was like right I get preferential rates at the bank so I'll take on this £7,000 debt he's got we'll pay it off so the bailiffs don't come knocking and then he can just pay it off 
So I took the loan out and within a month, he very quickly didn't start paying. Um, More debts were coming through. I think by the end of the relationship, I knew about £30,000 worth by that point. That was on top of the 7K. So there could have been more for all I know. Um, So the relationship broke down. I wanted to leave anyway. I wasn't happy. And to this day, he still never paid a single penny of that £7,000. So by that point, I was kind of like 19 turning 20 with £7,000 worth of debt. I had to leave my banking job because I was so depressed. I was having panic attacks every morning. I was not in a great space at all, like mentally, physically, emotionally. So I had to go and have a part-time job in retail again, which obviously isn't going to clear £7,000 worth of debt very quickly. So I was kind of in this space of my life of like, what's happened? I've got this debt that was never mine. I've now had to leave a really great paying career and job to go back to retail just to support my mental health. My mental health's shocking. Like what's happened here? So that's when I found couponing. I found couponing just a bit before I left that relationship because um, my anxiety and depression left me housebound a lot of the time. Like I really struggled to even leave the house a lot of the time. So I needed money quickly to obviously get myself out of this situation. So I remember watching TLC one day and this extreme couponing show came up and I thought, what on earth is this? And it's an American show. And there were these couponers who were getting like thousands of pounds worth of food for like literally nothing and I thought wow if I could do this like that would really help me get out of this debt and you know take so much financial pressure off myself so I looked it up and at that time um, there wasn't really many people talking about couponing here in the UK or doing it so coupons are literally like little discount coupon things you get in magazines or from brands etc which give you money or for free products essentially so I took it upon myself to find these and very quickly like I got like a stockpile in my spare room my friends are like what the heck is this like where are you getting all this stuff from um, and they loved it and they said you know you should really share this online with people like people would love to I'm sure learn how to do this as well um, and I'm so glad they pushed me because as much as I resisted I did do it eventually and um, within six months it just blew up um, I think there was one other person doing coupon Um, sort of on that level as me at that time Um, and the press got involved with a lot of us they were like highlighting a lot of the shops we were doing then ITV got in touch with me and I was presenting on this morning with Phil and Holly and I was known as the coupon queen so it was like very much this like whoa like from this really dark place and challenging place to like whoa like I didn't know anything any of this was possible and obviously I didn't know I could turn it into a business that wasn't my initial intention at all so obviously after a year I did turn it into a business and started earning more money than I'd ever earned before in any of my jobs which was fantastic so I quit my retail job and dedicated full-time to my money saving business and I ran that for six years so then fast forwarding to a 2016 I'm now in another not so great relationship by this point um and this this is very different because I think on the outside a lot of people would be like Emma what have you got to be depressed about you're presenting on this morning you've got a six-figure business like you're helping people save money you love what you're doing how on earth could you be depressed and that depression had really carried forward throughout all that period it never went it was just there in the background and would come up in certain phases um and seasons as such um by this point it 
was really bad the worst it's ever been and that second relationship was toxic it was emotionally abusive and it was not a great place to be at all so I had on the outside this incredible business but then on the inside like I didn't know how to love myself I had no idea what self-love was I hated myself at that point I hated the relationship and I hated life although I had this incredibly positive thing basically keeping me here and I do say like that business kept me alive because it kept me going it gave me that purpose so in 2016 when that second relationship broke down is when I had my dark night of the soul my spiritual awakening as such and I was just at rock bottom to be quite frank and I was at a point where I thought I'm either gonna have to take my life or change my life because I knew in my soul I couldn't end my life and I didn't want to but I also didn't see a way out I didn't know I tried different therapies I tried CBT antidepressants everything and nothing was shifting and nothing was helping and nothing was giving me those sort of like long-term lasting results of joy or any happiness at all so within a couple of days of like just basically giving up and being like universe I remember using the words God help me and like I wasn't religious I would have said I was atheist at that point And I don't know what made me say that, but something did. And it was like, my ego was giving up and being like, I remember, like, I want to be spiritual. I want, I want to be taken away from this pain as such. So in a couple of days, like the law of attraction, this word just kept popping up on like Facebook, Instagram, Google. And I remember typing in like how to turn a negative into a positive situation. Um, And this video came up with this woman. And I was watching it and little did I know it was Louise Hay at the time. Um, And she was talking about this law of attraction. I was like, what is this law of attraction? Like everyone's banging on about it all of a sudden. Um, And I thought at the time it was like love because I thought like attraction, love, like I didn't understand it was like manifestation and you could have anything with the law of attraction. So at that point, it really appealed to me, obviously for that purpose, having gone through two really crappy relationships by that point. Uh, But within three to four weeks of like finding the law of attraction, reading the secret learning about it it felt like couponing again it felt like that relief of wow I can put my energy to something really positive and finally I'm learning how to love myself and it felt like a remembering not necessarily like a I'm learning something new it was like ah like yes that is how life works ah yes I remember this now so within like three to four weeks my life looked hugely different I felt so much happier so much more shifted I would wake up without an anxious belly and all that anxiety in my stomach each morning my skin improved and I finally learned what self-love and self-care was so from there it really just like the rest is history as such Um, and I started integrating the law of attraction into my YouTube and like blog because that was more like personal rather than just money saving Um, and people loved it they loved both aspects of it to my shock I really thought people would think I was mad integrating like money saving and couponing and then manifestation but there are still followers who have followed me from my couponing days even now who love the law of attraction stuff as well which is, is, is great and then 2018 comes along I'm obviously like in a much better place um and I decide that actually like the business has outgrown me it needs a team of people I've outgrown it as well as much as I'm always going to love a freebie and a coupon um you know I want to do different things as well now um so I ended up manifesting the seller for the business and then from 2017 onwards 2018 onwards as I sold the business I've been doing this full time so um yeah it's quite a bit of a journey but um it's great that even a completely different 
business like couponing like is still so impactful to the work that I do today god what a story I didn't know all of that it's so fascinating and it's it's such a good reminder what I always say is like everything good I have in my life today came from heartbreak and came from rock bottom and came from things falling apart um whether in my career um because I you know I've been through a lot of pivots in my career as well you know I used to be an actress had a business with a friend had a lot of success there had to walk away from it for various reasons um and when you're going through it it is so it's so so hard isn't it and you just kind of can't you can't see the wood for the trees but the more you the more you experience that and you come out the other side of it it's a reminder that whenever I go through shit now I'm like one day you'll look back on this and you'll be like that was the best thing that could have ever happened Mm. because sometimes you really do need things to fall apart in order for them to be put back together or to take a different direction so your story is such a powerful testament to that love it so A lot of the women, uh, the successful women that I coach, uh, they end up, and the reason I want to ask this question is because of what you shared sort of at the beginning of your story. A lot of them end up dating or supporting men who have financial issues. It's a pattern that I have seen over and over and over again. And I'm just interested on your thoughts around that. Mm, That's a really interesting question. I don't think I've ever sort of, yeah, thought of that before. So I definitely would have said the first two relationships I was in, I was definitely like supporting financially, Um, not necessarily because I was the breadwinner, like some of the jobs were, I was earning a little bit more, but mainly like the first instance was the debt where I was supporting and obviously taking out the loan and being like, oh, I can fix this, I can help this. And then the second instance, like I generally just was earning more money than my boyfriend at the time because of the business. And then in my third relationship um, before the one I'm in now, which was kind of a bit later on along my spiritual journey, like 2017 onwards, um, he was the breadwinner. But there was always this weird relationship with money of like, he didn't want me to earn more. He didn't want me to earn more than him. So I think that caused a lot of blocks in my business because then I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to earn too much money because then, you know, like how are men? So I think in my money work and in my inner work over the last uh probably three, four years, I, there's been so much unpacking of being safe enough to earn enough money and it's safe enough to earn more than my partner. And they're not going to judge me for that. They're not going to be like toxic masculinity and put me down for that. So I think that's been my personal journey with it, where I've held myself back because they made it clear that they didn't want me to earn more money than them. Mm. Yeah, super interesting. And and then what I've seen on the other side, and you may have seen this as well, sort of in in our industry, in the self-development wellness industry, and I'm sure in a lot of other industries as well. Um, I've seen my some of my friends shift from dating someone who, um, or they start a relationship with someone who is really successful and uh, in their own right earns good money. But then the woman's career and business, which is, you know, they have a lot more freedom because they can work from anywhere, ends up doing really well. And the man who had a great job ends up leaving that job and coming and working with their partner um, and, you know, slash helping at home, helping with the kids, whatever it is. Like I'm really seeing this big paradigm shift Mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Because that's kind of the other end of the scale. 
Yeah, no, and you're totally right. I've seen that in so many businesses. Like I know Gabby Bernstein's husband's mm-hmm. done that. Like it feels like loads of husbands have done that. Rebecca Campbell's husband's done that as well. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I worked with my first boyfriend and like I think in some instances that can really work. But in the relationship I'm in now, like I would just never want that. I mean, he's a software developer, so like a completely different role, but he'd be great fixing my website. But like... <laughs> You know, for me, I'm like, but he has his own passions and his own dreams. And like, I would never want to like stop someone from pursuing their dreams to fulfill mine, if that makes sense. Like, I like that we have different interests and I like that our careers are so different because it it's refreshing for me. Like, I don't want someone like competing with me or like, you know, like weird energy like that. So for me to have someone who's like not in the public eye, like literally who's just got like an everyday nine to five job is exactly what I've wanted because one that brings stability, but also like, I just don't think I could have, I I just wouldn't want to take that person's dream away from them and be like, oh, come and work for me because it makes sense financially or it makes sense because of the kids. Um, You know, like we've had those conversations and stuff and I think, you know, I'm always very open to it and he's very open to it. Um, you know, whatever way it's going to work. Um, and I think those conversations are just healthy to have because I've had that fear definitely of like, am I going to be expected to like give up my job if I have a child? Like my previous relationship, that was the expectation. He would say to me, you're going to give this up, right? When we have kids. And I was like, Pfft what like no of course I'm not um, and obviously things would change of course like you'd have to be more creative and obviously like cram more into your days and stuff of course things would change but I think it's refreshing for me to not have that pressure now mm-hmm. and to let it be what it needs to be so I think if that works for a couple then great but I think for me personally, like I would hate it. I think like I like having that separate um, and like I don't need my partner to live and breathe what I do. Mm. I'm now I'm in a position right now where me and my God, husband, we, we got married this summer and I keep forgetting to call him my husband. It's so weird. Um, we are running a retreat together in February in Goa in India and um, we've done a lot of traveling. I feel like we've done a lot of preparation for it, lots of different various ceremonies and uh, healing things over the years. And we're like, let's dip our toe in and try this for a week. But what I'm really clear about is that I wouldn't I wouldn't want him to like come in and just do everything with me. And it, w- it wouldn't work like that. But there's certain things that, well, we can see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, hopefully that will go really well. But because he works in film, he can take like a film job for a few months whatever and have you know do that for himself and you know us have some space and then we can go and do other things so instead of it being so like all you're either completely working with me or completely not we can sort of just feel our way through and see what happens but I yeah I kind of thought shit I can't believe it like I've noticed all those other people like Gabby Rebecca um going through that transition and and a good friend of mine Jodie Shield and and I'm like god we're sort of on the precipice of that so it's bizarre because that felt used to feel like so far away from me so just wanted to share that there I thought that was interesting um actually you mentioned your partner and I was stalking you (laughs) 
the other day on Instagram. And I can't remember if it was in a story or a post, but you shared something that I was like, oh, massive respect. And I must ask her that on this episode. So you were in Greece with your partner Mm -hmm. and you said that you had chosen to keep that area of your life as in your relationship private. And I just have so much respect for that. And I'm interested in just hearing a bit more what led you to that decision and how has that experience been for you? Yeah, and I think so many people want to know why as well, which is great because like it opens up really great conversations around what's right for, you know, whoever. So my previous relationship, which I was in from 2017 to 2019, was all over my YouTube. It was something that I spoke about very openly. I was very open about what the connection was. And I think with that came this really unhealthy attachment from people where there was these, like, and again, I was so new to all of this, like, in in the like obviously I'm 29 so in the days of like influencers over the last 10 years like you've had Zoella and they've been very open about their relationship and it was almost like the norm that you shared your relationship on YouTube you shared your so I'm like from the YouTube days really um and it was very normal that people would share about their relationship so for me it was like oh well that's what everyone does when I got into that relationship and obviously I spoke about how I manifested my dream man and at the time he was was. And then when that relationship didn't work out and was really, really like the most transformational, like dark night of the soul, blooming everything mixed together, um, I was left confused. And I was left like, oh, how am I going to explain this to everybody? And George, my good friend, George Lezos, I think you know him as well, Persia. Mm-hmm. He said to me, but Emma, he was your dream man in 2017. We can't deny that. But as you evolve and you heal and you heal your trauma, the dream man's going to evolve as well. So he said, you're not wrong. No one's wrong. It just is what it was, basically. And I think that really took so much pressure off myself because there were all these invisible pressures, which I know so many influencers and people who post online will feel, where people would constantly ask questions. And I didn't mind answering them, but it was like, well, hang on, my work's about law of attraction and my work's about me. Like he wasn't here in the beginning and like, he's not a part of the business. Like it's just something that I've shared. So Mm -hmm. I felt more and more pressure. And then I would have people who would unsolicitedly DM me claiming they've read my energy and that we weren't going to be together and that I was delusional. And this wasn't one person. This was a lot of people who were psychics reading the energy. And it was just all this icky energy that I was like, this is so ethically wrong. You shouldn't be reading anybody without their permission first and foremost. But secondly, like who in their right mind gets, I'm I'm sure we've all done it. We've looked at a couple and thought, oh, are they going to last? Like we've all done it in our lives, but like you don't go and DM that person and then tell them what your two senses when they're in a relationship with that person. So there was a lot of weird energy with it, if I'm honest. And people who weren't following my work or people who were following my work were again, like 90% of the people obviously very supportive, very respectful, of course, but there was also a large pressure and feeling of, I feel like I had to answer for stuff, which I didn't want to do. Like it it just didn't make sense to me why people were so obsessed with it. Like Mm -hmm. it was unhealthy. 
And then so I started sharing less and less because it didn't feel right. And I didn't like these expectations and pressures that were being put on me by total strangers as well some of the time. And then that was the wrong thing to do as well, because then people were like, oh, they've broken up. And I would have these comments of like, yeah, I think they've broken up or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is this about? Like, this is not like a celebrity thing here. This is like my life. This is my real relationship. And if I don't want to share something, I shouldn't have to feel like I have to share something. Mm -hmm. So that relationship taught me a lot. And I think after that, it left me with this really like weird feeling of like, I did not like how all of that went down, how I had to so publicly play out this whole relationship. And then when it broke down, I then felt like I had to answer to people or I felt like I had to tell people. And then people would constantly ask what happened, tell us. And I was like, but this is just not what happens in real life. Like you don't go up to a stranger and say, how did your last relationship end? Tell me all the details. So it was all this like invasion of privacy that really like didn't sit right with me. And I thought like, this is not how I want my platforms to be. This is not how I want my relationships to be. So as I started dating again, like I didn't tell the world that I was dating. I lived my life very privately because that's what felt right to me. And as I was doing this, I noticed so much more healing was happening, less energy protection had to be done and things were flowing more in my life and that actually I could just live my life and experience the experiences and the dating world and everything without having to tell people, without having to share that. So that when I did meet my partner who I'm with now, we've been together a year and a half, like he's very much a private person and I really respect that. And for me, I was like, I want this to be just my little part of my world. Like when you're a public figure, when you're an influencer, when you're an author, like so much of your life, if you choose to, is out there. And for me, I'm like, I just want that one little thing that is for me. And that is my little bit that I can just enjoy away from work because so much of my life over the last five years has been work dominated. So for me to have a happy, healthy, thriving personal life has been something that I've wanted for years. So now that I finally have that, I just want to enjoy that without the pressure of people's expectations or feeling like I have to share something. Like I just want, you know, obviously I'm very open that I'm in a relationship, et cetera. Like I'm not hiding that fact or anything. And, you know, my personal profiles, I share pictures of us, like, you know, our friends and family have all met, like everybody knows who's important to us that we're together, they've met, etc. So for me, it's just felt like that feels right for me. And whether that shifts and changes over the years, who knows? Like, yeah, I might share photos one day. I might share wedding photos. I probably blooming will. It's me. But like, <laughs> I just feel like I just don't want the pressure. If I want to post something, I will. If I don't, and even though I've literally purged, like this is probably the most open I've ever spoken about this relationship with you, like publicly, even though I've shared no information, people all the time, DM me with assumptions of like, oh, I heard you talking about your relationship and how they're the one. How did you know? Persia, I've never said that anywhere. And I'm like, where are people getting this from? So I think my message now is like, don't put labels on stuff. Like we don't need to, like, I'm not sat here claiming it's anything other than just a great, happy relationship that I'm in. And I just don't want people's pressures of, do you think he's the one or blah, 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 because that's just not how I'm rolling now. That's just not how I'm teaching now. 
And when people are messaging those questions of how do you know if someone's the one or whatever, I'm like, what is the one? Like you need to be your own soulmate first. Mm -hmm. And when we pigeonhole and say like something's the one, like we have so many experiences throughout our life, whether it's karmic, soulmates, twin flames, whatever you want to call them. We have so many different experiences and we don't know what could happen. We literally don't know what could happen. So for me, it's like, I'm just in that present moment. I'm just enjoying it. And I really just want to let it unfold and let it be what it needs to be. Mm, So refreshing, so refreshing to hear and very, very unusual in this day and age. And I just want to say anyone listening now who goes and asks Emma any intrusive questions about her relationship, <laughs> I will come for you. <laughs> like like Liam, Liam Neeson and Taken, what does he say? Like, I will come for you. I will hunt you down and I, will, I won't kill you, but I will be very angry. <laughs> you don't want to feel my wrath. Trust me. Um, amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing so openly and honestly. I did wonder, I was like, oh, I wonder how, how much she's going to let me go into it. But that felt really... Um, I felt like you shared really honestly, but you, it was still completely inside of your boundaries, which is an excellent example of respecting your own boundaries and self-worth and self-respect. So thank you for that demonstration there, Anna. Um, I've loved this conversation. I could go on forever and ever, but we are coming to land. And I have this section at the end called the home straight questions. So they're like, it's like rapid lightning round inspired by that episode of Friends you know, when they're in the apartment, they fight over the apartment. Okay. So Emma, what love life advice would you give to your 15 year old self? Ooh, ooh, I would say it's a journey and you're going to learn lots from it, but it will be the making of you, not a person, but the journey will be the making of you so that you can be the bestest baddest queen um and be happy in life Mm, I love that absolutely is a bloody journey good to remember that (laughs) this is quite a funny question given what we've just chatted about what's one thing you don't want people to know about you (laughs) my relationship (laughs) my relationship um no and again that's not something I don't want people to know about me it's just yeah it's such a weird one because I think people are so conditioned like why won't you talk about it? Or why won't you? It's not like I won't talk about it. It's just that boundary, just like what you said. But what don't I want people to know about me? Oh, that I love pizza. Like, and I know that I openly share that, but like, it's like an unhealthy love sometimes, Persia. Like I have to control it sometimes where I'm like, Emma, you can't eat pizza every day of the week. Like you have to be healthy. So I would say my pizza obsession is, it's under control. <laughs> just about, God, do you know what the word pizza it's the word, I think. It just makes me, I want pizza now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's made me want pizza. Shit. Okay, that might be what I'm going to have for dinner. <laughs> Gluten-free. Um, okay, before the final question, where can people find out more about your work? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, like any social media channel at I am Emma Mumford and on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. Great. We will link that in the show notes. Okay, so Emma, final question. What is your number one piece of advice for any single women out there thriving in your career, but struggling, sorry, thriving in their career, but struggling in their love life? Mm, This was me literally for years. So I feel like I can relate to this one a lot. Um, I would say my best piece of advice is don't busy yourself to avoid the wounding in your personal life. For me, I avoided a lot and 
got myself very busy because that was great avoidance from me, great wounding from that little inner child. Um, so for me, because work was the only thing that was going right, I just threw myself into it. And I was like, right, just throw yourself into it. Like, this is the only thing that's going right. Focus on the positives, Emma. Everything else will realign. But no, that did not work um, as much as I wanted it to. So my best advice would be to slow down and to be your own soulmate first, be your own best friend, heal your inner child and know that if you don't create the space and balance in your life of work-life balance, there is no room for that person to come into your life. So create the space, heal the wounds that come up with that, cultivate balance and be your own best friend. Oh, bloody love that. So succinct, so potent, powerful amazing Emma you have been an incredible guest thank you for your generosity with sharing so openly in here I've absolutely loved talking to you thanks for coming on the show oh thank you so much pleasure I've loved it thank you and that's a wrap thank you so much for tuning in I really hope this episode served you and gave some practical insights and strategies around the next steps in transforming your love life from the inside out. Do come and let me know over on Instagram what resonated for you the most and why. I am at Persia Lawson. And if you want more tips and tools on how to become a vibrational match for the powerful, committed relationship that you deserve, check out my book, Love is Coming, as well as my programs and coaching containers over at persialawson.com. This website is also linked in this episode show notes. And if you got value from this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, share, and or leave a quick review. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other women who want or need the support. And to have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. Until next time, I want you to remember that love is coming for you. But in the meantime, it's your responsibility to stop looking outside of yourself for the partner you want to get and start looking inside of yourself for the partner you want to be.